I've been thinking a lot about that line from Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech. You know the one. King says he wants his children to live in a nation where they are not judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream This is Crime Scene. I'm Jordan Fenster. Today, I want to offer a bit of an update. I'm preparing a rather gruesome tale of murder most foul for next time, but today I'd like to head into somewhat unfamiliar territory. Last episode, we learned why having preconceived ideas about what serial killers look like is a really bad idea. This time, I want to delve into the sociology behind those preconceived ideas, to look at why we don't judge serial killers by the content of their character, but by the color of their skin. For that, I turned to Dr. Dolores Jones-Brown. She's a former professor at John Jay College of Criminal Justice, studying the intersection of race, media, and law enforcement. Oh, and also... Currently serve on the monitoring uh, teams for both the Newark Police Department and the Ferguson, Missouri Police Department. Um, based on the consent decree entered into by those cities with the Department of Justice. According to Dr. Jones-Brown, the issue of race comes up in every aspect of serial murder. For example, black offenders aren't often considered suspects in serial murders. And it's a multi-layered kind uh, of, of racism, right? So there, it's the notion that the offender isn't smart enough to be a serial killer. The victim, which is likely to also be a non-white victim, isn't uh, worthy enough to be investigated to the level of being able to put together the pieces and realize that there's serial killing going on um, when the victims are primarily uh, minorities, particularly minority women. Jones-Brown pointed to one case in particular. Probably the uh, most um, infamous black serial killer being the Atlanta child murderer. Wayne Williams killed at least 28 black children between 1979 and 1981. It was not not easy for the authorities um, in the Atlanta area to to say, you know, this is a a black male and an educated older black male, you know, killing black children. Um, But I think the fact that the victims were children at least provided the impetus for the um, law enforcement agency to pursue the homicide as serial killings um, in a way that might not have been the case had they been adult victims and particularly adult female victims. So what you have is a kind of contradictory data set. Data plays a um, sort of contradictory role in uh, this situation. On the one hand, minority offenders are not thought of as serial killers, but at the same time, they are more often considered criminals. In large cities like New York City, you know, they are stop and frisk data show that more often than not, they're stopping black or Latino uh, pedestrians, and very few of those pedestrians are actually found to be involved in criminality or any serious criminality. The popular um, belief about street crime is that it's perpetrated by men of color, 
and then our police resources are employed in a way that only looks at um, sort of or street, looks primarily at the potential for street crime as opposed to a homicide that could be very well sought out, or a series of homicides that are very well, well sought out. She believes this allows white serial killers more latitude and offers the freedom to be more prolific. We are allowing uh, white killers to be in the best position to become serial killers. The data show that victims and perpetrators tend to be of the same race. So while white serial killers tend to choose white victims, black serial killers choose black victims. What all this comes down to is that when it comes to serial murder at least, all men are not created equal. At the end of the day, it comes down to how much society values the victims. And so the victims who are less valued, um, police are going to spend fewer resources on investigating their homicides. Thanks to Dr. Dolores Jones-Brown. This is Crime Scene. I'm Jordan Fenster. We spend a lot of our lives waiting. Waiting for trains, waiting for planes, waiting in traffic. You name it, we're waiting. On the Record can help. Our podcast can transport you from a traffic jam to a virtual tour of Ellis Island, or a romantic train ride, or ringside with an amateur wrestler's dream of turning pro. So on your next trip, take us along. You can follow us on Apple iTunes or at soundcloud.com slash on the record nj we'll make it worth your wait <laughs>